You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? I am well, thank you. It's another podcast day here at SRB, and I'm excited because we are entering Professor Shotwell's <laughs> office here today. <laughs> yeah, this this is a little different one. It's it's kind of, you know, we, we do book reviews every now and then, right, where we talk about stuff yeah. we've read. This is kind of an amalgamation of things that I've read over the last year or so and been, been learning it. things from. So, so yeah. A little, little unusual, a little different. Bear with us. So uh, today's topic is stoic philosophy and financial planning. So give us a rundown of what exactly it is and how those things uh, can combine. Yeah. So, okay. The Christmas before last, my wife got me a book on stoic philosophy. I've always been interested in philosophy. And as I was reading through that first book, which was kind of a general overview where you read different parts every day and it give some explanation of it. I kept thinking, boy, this is almost a manual for like good financial planning attitudes. Yes. And, you know, I, and I think you and I are, are poisoned by the same thing that like everything we see and read, we like think about like, what, what would this mean for clients? Right. And, oh, absolutely. you know, it's, it's just kind of the way we, you end up looking at the world when you've done this long enough. This, this is going to sound a little, little out there to a lot of people, but, I, but I really feel like studying Stoic philosophy and some of the some of the readings have really helped me like clarify how I think about financial planning and how mm-hmm. I try to message things for clients. So I thought we'd share a little mm-hmm. bit of that. The first thing I think we need to do is talk about what Stoic philosophy isn't, mm-hmm. because the word Stoic in our vocabulary has a different meaning. And it's it's mm-hmm. come to me like my my daughter used to call me a Stoic, because, and I think she was referring to my introverted Swedish uh, heritage that you know mm-hmm. you don't betray emotion and you're just really you know kind of quiet and nothing phases yeah. you right. And it's, there's a reason why these are connected ideas, but Stoicism as a philosophy doesn't deny that we have human emotions. It's not trying to you know be Spock about everything and not you know, betray emotion. It's more about recognizing that we have emotional reactions to things and trying not to let that drive how we respond to things. Yes. Okay. And there's more to it than that. But, but so just start off with that. It's not, you know, pretending like we have no emotions. It's more about thinking Mm -hmm. about how you use those emotions. So, so what it is, in general, and, and I'm still learning this stuff. I'm very much a, a beginner in this, but I thought it was worth sharing. It's, it, you know, what it leads you to do and what the Stoic philosophers try to drive at is to focus your energies and your efforts on the things you can control, which is mm-hmm. something we say quite often in financial planning, right? We can't control the markets, but we can control how your portfolio is set up and your exposure to the markets. We can't control every little event that's going to happen to you, but we can help plan for, you know, what we can control to make sure that we've covered as much as we can. It's about controlling your emotions with respect to decision-making. So we spend a lot of time coaching folks through the emotional ups and downs of market changes, life changes, 
don't make silly portfolio decisions based on your gut reaction to an election or a law that was just passed or a Supreme Court right. ruling, you know, recognizing that material and external things, things we buy with our money, a lot of that is transient mm-hmm. and doesn't have anything really to do with our actual well-being. You know, yeah. and, and we talk about that a lot, you know, don't, the, 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 to me, that fits with the, uh, the million millionaire next door philosophy that we've talked about before that, you know, don't get caught up in the, you know, my, my neighbor has the, uh, the new Audi and boy, you know, right. he looks really cool. So I should go, I should <laughs> go get one of those. Right. Uh, so it's like recognizing that any of that stuff. And so, you know, we've got to be careful with this, like some of the prominent Stoic philosophers were actually some of the richest people in their societies. And it wasn't that they didn't have, Marcus Aurelius was an emperor of Rome. Seneca was one of the richest men in Rome in his day, very wealthy politician and businessman. They ran the whole spectrum. There were a couple that were former slaves. I mean, you know, it it runs the spectrum, but Mm -hmm. it's not about like denying the material things. It's just about Mm -hmm. recognizing that they're not what's ultimately going to drive your happiness. Right. So, so I think that fits in well with, with what we've, what we try to talk about with clients. You know, it's more about who you are and what you're about than what you own. I guess it's a good way. Yeah. Yep. So interesting. This aligns very well, Dave. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to this yet. I know we've mentioned it on the podcast, but Morgan Housel just did an episode on like the different, I think there was 12 different levels of like wealth and, mm-hmm. and, and like varying degrees of, of trying to get from like the least amount of wealth to the most. And none of which had to do with like actually having, you know, a whole so, bunch of money or things. But it fits very well into that. What's we'll a link in the podcast yeah, to that episode? That I have not listened to that newest one from Morgan yet, but it's queued up in my uh, my podcast list here. Mm-hmm. So don't spoil it for me. But uh, in the books I've read of his, and in the few he's done, a, like a dozen podcasts now, he's kind of just getting rolling. I've not heard him mention stoicism per se, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to it at some point. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. Because it does, mm-hmm. it, you're right. It does kind of fit with that. And you know, the, one of the things that kept coming to mind as I've been working through some of this stuff was, you know, you're, you're pretty well versed in the kinder approach to life planning and whether, whether George Kinder realized it or not, it's very well rooted in a lot of the stoic philosophies and teaching and, you know, just basically like, so, so you ask a series of questions in, in your life planning portion of our planning process that are meant really to get people to the heart of what really matters to them. Absolutely. Yep. And, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's about, it really boils down to if today was your last day on earth, what would you do different and how would you spend your resources? Right. And there's lots of that in, in stoicism as a philosophy that live each day like it's your last you know marcus aurelius had a couple good good quotes on that that i, I stole for for this purpose of you know a person's wealth mm-hmm. is measured by what he values you know get to yeah. get to what's important you know when, when you rise in the morning think what a privilege it is to be alive right mm-hmm. that's another one of his and and think of yourself as dead you have lived your life now take what's left and live it properly so there's that that strong connection to like really distilling it down to what matters. 
Absolutely. And kind of that, you know, to get back to the the kinder and you know, that's really, I've been doing it for, boy, I've been uh, RLP for two, going on three years. And we've been mm-hmm. using it a little bit longer than that here. And I've been, you know, using those questions for a while, but it, you know, it's remarkable to me that we have these conversations with people and ultimately when we get down to what's truly important to them, it's never about like amassing things or wealth or, you know, and so it's very interesting and and that's why we use it is to try to prioritize those things and figure out what's important, (laughs) how to use money to support that (laughs) instead of the goal being, hey, let's build more wealth, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, when you really do get down to what matters, it fits very well. And, you know, that again, that strong element of focusing on what you can control, not worrying about the markets, not worrying about you know, all the external factors that are going to come and go ebb and flow in your life. It's, it's really about how you react to them and staying true to what really matters. George Kinder is a big, he's big on meditation. He actually wrote a book on it. And his big thing is, you know, let your feelings be, let your thoughts go. And, and really, mm-hmm. you can't control that emotion. You just have to kind of sit with it. Where we get in trouble with that emotion is when our thoughts start running on, right. you know, what that might mean or, or what we might need to do in order to, you know, escape that feeling, right? Instead of just embracing that suffering. And and it really plays very well into kind of what you're talking about. And, and it's one of the reasons, Dave, that I think that everybody needs a financial planner someone to help them because no even if we recognize it, even if we're good at the emotion, it is so beneficial to have somebody that can help us through that. Right. right. To speak objectively and help strip out that, that stuff that's going to crowd your own brain, even if you do this professionally, mm-hmm. for sure. And, and it just, it leads to better investment decisions. It leads to better purchasing decisions. It helps get rid of that fear of missing out kind of syndrome that we fall into. To me, this school of thought just lays the foundation for so much of what we see as important when we, when we talk to clients. Absolutely. And I think it leads to better outcomes in terms of, you know, your level of happiness, right? Like focusing on what you can control, but also embracing the moment. And, you know, it's so challenging to do in today's world of, mm-hmm. you know, there's a million reasons, the million rabbit holes that we can go down that we can, you know, flick on with our finger. And, and so being aware of that, being aware of what that, that's doing to your emotions is hugely impactful. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Just concentrating on what's important, figuring out what's mm-hmm. meaningful for you, not letting emotions cloud your decision-making. And um, that's it in a nutshell, at least as far as I've gotten. And uh, sounds it's funny because it sounds so simple, like everybody yeah. knows that everybody could look it up. But in practice, it's so challenging. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that you're constantly learning and trying to get better at and trying <laughs> to improve on. Right. Right. And so, you know, if if people are interested in this, where I started was with a book called The Daily Stoic by uh, a writer named Ryan Hall- Holiday. And he's kind of, he's got his own website, The Daily Stoic, but the, the book basically, it's, it's almost like a, like a devotional where every, mm. every day you read a page, they're dated, they're grouped by theme each month. It's a, you generally a, a quote and then a little couple paragraphs of explanation it takes five, 10 minutes, very worthwhile. Even if you don't ever go on from there, 
that alone, yeah. I think would be worthwhile. He, the same author, Ryan Holiday, wrote another book called The Obstacle is the Way, which is a very good entry point as well. And then in terms of the uh, original sources, probably the most famous one is Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. I'm actually reading that for the second time now. And then Seneca's Letters from a Stoic is another another very famous okay. piece. And I'll, I'll be going back to that one again too. So a little different than our normal podcast uh, topic, but uh, hey. I, I love it. And I, I love the gap and I love how you kind of put that in terms <laughs> of financial planning. And I think it's fantastic. And I would encourage our listeners uh, if they have comments or things <laughs> um, in their life in regards to this topic, topic to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. I'm sure Professor Shotwell would love to... Uh, <laughs> We've got to be careful with that. Give you some feedback on your thoughts. <laughs> no credentials. I claim no expertise. <laughs> just a little bit of experience. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I All love right. it. <laughs> All right. Well, Appreciate it, Dave. Thanks, Nick. Uh, it was fun. It's been great. And, uh, until next time. Yep. Talk to you later. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.